Hey guys, and welcome back to the multi-dimensional journey. This is your host, Ayahuasca Carr, and today I have my powerlifting coach on here as my guest. His name is Aaron, and today we're talking about discipline and the many facets of it. <clears throat> and when you can develop this skill, uh, how it can truly transcend almost any area of your life. You won't want to miss this. Let's hear from our sponsors first. All right. Uh, welcome back to the multidimensional journey. And this is your host, Ayahuasca Carr. And today I have a very special guest. The second time he's been on my podcast. And it's my powerlifting coach. Awesome. Extraordinary. Um, now doing other things in his life. His name is Aaron... <laughs> How do you say your last name again? Deno Hiana. Yeah, okay. I always say Dino because... Aaron Dino's fine. And that's why it's, <laughs> it's labeled as such. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, um, uh, why don't you tell our viewers um, some of your background, like, you sure. know, um, and then some other things you're getting into as well. <laughs> well, like you mentioned, I am your powerlifting coach. I am a trainer. I'm a coach. Uh, former football coach, former firefighter, dad, husband, and now uh, co-founder of a coffee business. Yes. Yeah, so tell us where people can find out about your coffee. Your coffee. I have tried it myself, so it's really good and it's mm -hmm. really strong. It is very strong. Um, so, well, first of all, you can find us at RedCaptainCoffeeCompany.com or RedCaptainCoffee.com. Um, I'm really excited to go into more of the history behind it. So I'll, I'll tell you first of all, yes. uh, coffee, um, very few things in my life have fallen into my lap. Most of them have been very heavily um, organized and engineered. This one was uh, something just happenstance. My, uh, my brother-in-law, one of my oldest friends, my best friend, um, got started in the coffee world maybe a decade ago. And he's been in and out, has a family, needed to pay bills, got into other lines of work, but he hasn't really been able to get rid of this, this passion of his for coffee. Um, so he started uh, making cold brew coffee. Um, people liked it. They wanted more of it. And it sort of expanded into this bigger business. And he asked me to come in and help with social media and some of the behind the scenes administrative work. Um, so I, I definitely won't uh, claim to be a coffee expert so much as a coffee enthusiast. Nice. Uh, but uh, the name Red Captain Coffee is named after the founder of Tucson, uh, Hugo O'Connor. Right. Yeah. Which I, lo I love that that story. Um, uh, official in the the Spanish Army, born of Irish descent, and like many young men of that generation. Um, had deep-seated hatred towards the, the English crown and would do anything to sort of find ways to dig at them, including join, you know, foreign enemy militaries like the French and the Spanish army. Worked his way up to be a governor of the interior provinces here mm -hmm. in the southwest and uh, founded Tucson. Nice. Yeah. Okay. The mission, the Santa of your mission. I found out things I would have go. never known unless yep. you told me. Yep. Awesome. Mm -hmm. So that's that's the coffee side of things anyway. Okay. Um, yeah, so Aaron trains a lot of people and uh, physically, yeah. mm -hmm. mentally, <laughs> emotionally. Sure. Yeah. Um, 
I come from a more like a different coaching background, more of the emotions, but as sure. a, a physical coach, mm-hmm. I mean, so you're a performance coach in a lot of ways. Right, and right. so that world mm-hmm. does require a lot of um, mindset coaching right. and um, getting you into this, like getting your people and figuring their psychology out and right. how can you help them get into this place where they can overcome maybe some of these mental blocks that they put in, in front of themselves. And right. at the same time being this, you know, you got to play this, uh, nur- <laughs> you got to play this nurture versus, sure. and then also nudging, you right. know, you have to foster both. Right. Um, so our topic for today mm. is discipline. Mm. And so, um, I feel like, so you just, we talked a little bit about business sure, and yeah. um, a lot in the powerlifting world, you, you definitely mm-hmm. need at least enough discipline to show up, right? Right. right. Um, which maybe we could talk a little bit about that, but... Um, Discipline's, um, it's an interesting topic, uh, like a lot of things. Uh, well, first of all, let's go into what discipline is. It's, it's a strategy, yes. right? It's a behavioral strategy. It's a tool in your tool belt. I think there's a dichotomy between um, younger generations' uh, connotation of discipline and what it actually is, because our introduction into discipline are mm-hmm. uh, you know boomers and parents and grandparents hitting us over the knuckles with rulers about needing to be more disciplined, sure. right? Um, and I think that's kind of turned people away from words like discipline, accountability, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, there Stuff we go. like that. Uh, but in reality, all it is, it's just a strategy, you know. It's, yes. a, it's a behavioral strategy to guide decision making. So With a goal in mind. With a goal in mind, yeah. right. You know, you know my background in, in coaching football, and those are teenagers. I coach high school football for 10 years. It's my first year not coaching high school football which is rough. <laughs> um, but, you know, it's something we talked about a lot. We paid a lot of lip service to. And we told our kids, hey, you're not going to get what you want right now unless you show a little bit of discipline. You're not going to reach these goals without discipline. And it's not until, you know, I got a little older, saw things work, saw other things not work. That, right. so, you know, there's um, there's a gap between what we're saying and what they're taking in in between the ears. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that happens for adults too, though. I for mean, sure. I, I, know, Absolutely. I know you're focusing on the kids there, but I think this this is a right. universal experience in, in a lot of different ways. You know, I think it was different for me growing up. I'm I'm very close with my dad, who came from military, police, sports background. Um, so for me, discipline was a part of growing up, and it helped that I learned discipline through a dad who was. Um, very loving and supportive whilst, you know, wielding this tool of discipline and accountability. So I didn't have this negative connotation attached with it. And I also saw it as a vehicle towards getting the things that I wanted. Right. right? So I grew up playing sports. Um, Sports has been my whole life since I was five, you know, and it was a means of me becoming a healthier kid because I had a lot of health issues growing up, a ton of them. I don't know if if you're aware of this. Actually, I was born with a a heart condition, SVT. My heart rate was, yeah, I had to have open heart surgery when I was like just a baby. Wow. So I grew up on uh, heart medication growing up that basically slowed my heart rate down because it was chronically elevated. Slowed my heart rate down, um, led to a lot of weight gain because it slows your metabolism down when you do that. So 
at some point, you know, when I was probably seven or eight, I had started playing t-ball. I was one of the younger kids, the most overweight by far. So at a certain point, my dad said, all right, enough's enough. We're not going to coddle him. You're going to go to the park. You're going to walk until you can run. And then you're going to run. And then we're doing push-ups and sit-ups every day, mm-hmm. you know. And it was that everyday experience that let me see, okay, I'm losing weight. All right, well, I'm getting better at sports, so I'm enjoying sports more. Now I want to be really good at sports, and the more on top of this I am, the better I am at sports. Wow. So it was a vehicle towards getting things that I'm starting to become passionate about. Right, right. You know, and I'm sure you've seen that as well in your experience with, you know, powerlifting. Okay, the more on top of this I am, the more consistent I am with this, then, you know, the faster this is coming to me, right? That's what discipline is. It's right. For most people, it's a consistency thing. (laughs) Right, right. Yeah, yeah. And you, and it's like you, I'm glad you mentioned daily habit. Mm -hmm. And there's this, um, I don't know if you follow the holistic psychologist, but Mm, she's like, she's really big. Yeah. Um, basically she takes like, it's the consistency of your mental health. Right. And so she, she puts out these daily habits, um, for people. And there's a lot of, uh, people, thought leaders right now with really big audiences that are talking about this. It's like what you do on the daily adds up over time. Um, but I want to talk about the fun stuff, which is <laughs> like, you know, in your experience, because it's like what you do and I see it too, but I kind of want to hear it from sure. you as well. It's like, you know, what do you, what do you think it's people's resistance towards, towards um, and I feel like that could be different for everybody. I think it is different for everybody. And like I said, I think it's a connotation thing. I think it's a, a first experience with the word discipline, yeah, yeah. right? So that leads to this negative connotation of it. Mm. I think there's a lot of mixed messages about um, about discipline and it being uh, contrary to either self-love or, you know, intuitive. There's a big push in our space for intuitive eating or intuitive training, um, and they're, they're kind of seen at odds with each other, right? This is good. Um, and I think, uh, you know, we could talk about self-love and how it ties in there. You know, I think there's this idea that, that self-love is this, this idea that whatever I'm feeling right now or whatever I feel like doing is the appropriate action, right, right. you know, um, but discipline, you know, especially coming from a parent perspective, is more of a long-term approach to self-love, right? right? You know? And I've seen you talk about this before with, like, self-parenting. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's a very different thing, you yeah, know? Yeah. Uh, having a three-year-old at home, he wants to do whatever, you know, is top of mind. Right, right. You know? And the dad in me, I love my son very much. Nothing would make me happier than to be able to tell him yes to every heart's desire. But, you know, right. I, I love him enough to sometimes take the scorn of telling him no. Yes. Same, and the same comes with Which my athletes. Same came with my football players. You know, I got football players, you know, that were t- 13 years old, came right. from single-parent households that had, you know, a lot of issues coming into right. You know, and you want to love them up. And then here comes the individualization of knowing the psychology of where people are coming from and trying to connect to them where they are and not where you'd like to be, you know. Mm -hmm. And that's where this negative connotation of discipline and, you know, maybe coaches that 
aren't really seeing that, you know. Right, right. A, no, you're going to meet me where I'm at. It's a, doesn't really work that way. You know? <laughs> you, you, right, right. You know, you're just going to chase It's a fun away. game to play, though. It is a fun game. Well, it's, yeah, I guess fun is... Um, but yeah, you know, I love my son enough to be the bad guy sometimes. Nice, nice. I, you know, loved my athletes, still do, enough to sometimes be the bad guy, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. and it's giving them what they need. Yes. You know, and I think a lot of coaches think, well, what I think is what they need. And in my manner of coaching and in my manner of speaking is what they need. And that's not always true. And that right. comes back to meeting them where they are and right, not, right. not where you are. Right, you right. know, nice. because a lot of people that get into the space where I'm at are in a totally different mindset. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I grew up with, you know, a very loving and supportive dad, you right. know, who was able to combine this, you know, talked about discipline so I don't have this negative connotation. Right. But many kids that came to me don't have that same connotation right, of right. discipline. So meeting them where they're at, you know, is, is totally different than where I'm at. Yeah. You know, but we take our own experiences and extrapolate that to everybody and expect everybody else to be, you know, hear things the same way we hear them, Mm. you know, and that's just absolutely not the case. Right, right. So that's probably the most challenging part, I think, of of coaching. Yeah. Working with people is giving them the message that they need to hear, you know, when they need to hear it. And I think... uh, uh... A strategy that whether you've implicitly or explicitly <laughs> used with particular me, yeah. which I'm sure you've used with your other athletes and your mm. and your kid, is just like, you know, allowing people to make mistakes and be yeah. like, oh 100%. yeah, yes, you were totally right, right. Like I I know yeah. you know because I think I don't know two years I don't know how yeah. long it's been two two yeah. some years yeah um and I could definitely say in the beginning yeah. It was a wrestle, yeah. which I think it mirrors mm-hmm. just change in general. Yeah, absolutely. And so, you know, I, I wish I surrendered sooner, mm-hmm. but, you know, that's fine. And I think, um, but I never stopped being consistent. Right. I kept showing up despite mm-hmm. my emotional or internal struggle that right. I was dealing with. It's like, I don't want to be here right now. Right. And maybe I'm not always 100%, but mm-hmm. I'm showing up. Right. And, um... There's, there's a ton of psychology in that we can go mm-hmm. into, but just to keep it short. And so, um, yeah, so I think allowing that person, Absolutely. if you are in the coaching position, if you are in the therapist position, if you're in the mm-hmm. whatever you are, you're right. a leader in someone's life, you're helping them mm-hmm. to allow them to roam in the, in the, in the field right. and come back and be like, this is what I learned. Right. Great. How can we integrate that? Right. I think <laughs> way too many coaches want these uh, the athlete to be a certain type of learner. Yes. You know, that learns, you know, in an auditory manner from hearing them speak it and that it's completely 100% cemented. And that's such a rare type of person. Right. You know? Not only is not everybody like that, it's actually probably a really rare type of Right, athlete. right, yeah. Um, but absolutely, if people learn at different rates, some people have to learn through trial and error. Right. So some people can learn from just hearing it, mm-hmm. but that's a rare person. And I think there are ways of coaching, um, and I set up my, my coaching in that the, the sort of immediate short term is set up to give me a lot of information on right. what type of person I'm working with, right. what type of, you know, the physiology of that person, you know, how they adapt, you know, to, to certain stimulus at what rate, how much of a total workload they need in terms of volume right. or stress metrics, right. uh, but also how they learn things, you know, right. um, 
cues, behavior changes, yes. yada, yada, yada. Um, but if you keep just showing up every day, you know, that's the, and I, I talk to people, I've been with my wife now, like 10 years, like, wow. if you're just dedicated to making things better and seeing things through, if you show up every day, right. you're going to figure it out. Right, you're right. going to wish it was probably sooner, but right, you right. will figure it out. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So. You can learn so much just by, by engaging in the process. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, that's a great way of phrasing that, engaging in the process. Um, something I'm still working with a lot of my athletes because I want them to be seeing these things as they go through, but it's, I tell people just go through the training process with your eyes open. Right. When things go right, you should reverse engineer why it went right. Right, right. You know, when things go wrong, you should be able to. And I ask people all the time, why do you think? You right, know? right, right. And I have a gut instinct, but I don't want to to bias their answer by telling them that answer first. Aaron is so good about <laughs> asking questions and using motivational interviewing. Yeah. He yeah. really is. So, I, yeah, I love the art of coaching. Coaching yes. is just amazing, you know. I really miss coaching football. It's a totally different, you know. They're different in their life and their their perspectives are right, different. Right. But coaching people, you know, is not all that different. You know, working with I think my youngest right now is seventeen and my oldest is ninety six, you know, in, in my wow. general population clients. Wow. And of course I had the football players and the power lifters, but yeah, there's such an you know, an art and a science yes. to it. It's just yeah, it's really cool. Yeah, so Aaron and I have something in common. We're both ENFJs. Yeah? yeah. Yes. Yes. I've, I've floated back and forth between an INFJ and yes. an INFJ. Holler. Um, and I definitely think you probably feel felt more at home in your space than I did at first as a football coach and a powerlifting coach. Sure, sure. It's as rare as it sounds. Right, right, right. <laughs> but, you know, but um, it was just such an intrinsic thing for me. Yeah. You know? Yeah. The whole process of being an athlete was just so rewarding especially yes. from, from where i started there as a kid with the health issues mm-hmm. you know, oh, wow. and back back to Good discipline point. seeing this linear relationship between putting in work you know and then seeing that tangible result that i wanted yeah. you know so you you, you talked about um yeah because i see i actually see this a lot too this uh relationship between um boundaries with self which is technically discipline so following through on what you'll say you'll do um which is is Mm self-love there's a there's a large uh shift in consciousness around this and i think it's being done in this like this very like uh i don't want to explain it this very female energy way and i think a lot of people Right, right, right. Take to that rather than the yeah. the coach that's in your face and like right. da, 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 you have to do this and it's like right. well you have a choice yeah and you know what that leads to mm-hmm. and you know what that leads to right so what type of life are you wanting to live right you know so it's like now all of a sudden who's yeah who's this shit falling on it's falling on you right so right. which it, it always has been but anyway oh man so uh, I'll I'll piggyback on that yeah yeah I talked about accountability too right. and, that was something kids really never wanted to hear. Accountability, accountability, accountability. And right. that's a, and again, it's a connotation thing. And I, I tried to spin this, you know, because again, discipline and accountability are not negative things. We right, have right. negative connotation right, right, right. based on that masculine coach. It was right, who was right. wielding. Again, everything is a tool in a toolbox. Yes. Nothing is good. Nothing is bad. It just is. It is a right. tool in a toolbox. Right. It is not, more is not better. Less is not better. Right. You know? But it's a tool, right. right? So accountability, trying to spin this 
to athletes as, look, accountability is simply you saying, I have control over my actions and then indirectly right. the, the end result. Right. You know, so surrendering accountability is saying, you know, I'm at everybody else's whim right now. Right. And that sounded like just a shit way to go through life for me. Right. <laughs> so it's like, no, guys, like, you know, if you're having problems at practice, you know, where when coach over there who is, is in a different mindset than me, well meaning but a different mindset, right. is talking to you about accountability. Right. You just it's your interpretation right now. Right, right. You know, it's within your your power right. to, you know, have the amount of playing time, to have the end results you want. Right. You know, in our experience, we're telling you, look, you know, if kids uh, show up to practice every day, they do these drills, they go to bed at a good time. We've never seen anybody do all these correct behaviors, line their ducks in a row, and then not have success, right? But kids are coming from very different backgrounds where right. they learn these sort of survival instincts to deflect and, you know, not... Right. So I we I understand I'm... Um, Sympathetic there, but again, it's trying to to relearn accountability. Right, right, it's like right. this is your way forward. This is your way of saying, "Hey, no, I'm in control now right, right, of right. my own actions," right, right. and and thereby, you know, possibly the end results rather than just, "Well, this guy over here is the gatekeeper." You know, the right. co- and that's how they view it. The coach is the gatekeeper. The teacher is the gatekeeper. If they right. don't like me, then I'm screwed. Right. Like, no. And that's not to it's not to diminish. That's a good point. That is such a good point. That's not to diminish the possibility that other people have impact on your life. And right, can, right, right. It's just not a useful paradigm. Right. It's just, you know, it's not to say that that doesn't happen, but it just doesn't benefit you at all to think in that manner. Right. You know, it goes back to controlling what you can control. Right, right. You know? So right. it's, it's just not useful to spend your time, you know, thinking about all these uncontrollables. Right, you know? right. It's extreme accountability. Take ownership over anything you could possibly have, even the smallest bit of control over and own that right you know rather than surrendering that somebody else yeah and i and i mean myself included i have played that paradigm out Mm -hmm. and you know the results of that show right and i feel like a a lot of people in this world and again that's not to diminish that you know Systems or people have no have right, right, people. right, right, but it's putting just your life not in a useful hands paradigm. Is different. Right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's just not useful to the individual. Um, okay, well, let's talk about uh, so the opposite, I guess, to me in, in my brain, a thing that comes up. Um, is self sabotage, yeah, comes, yeah, oh man, yeah, so. <laughs> Aaron works with, you know, this is what he does every day. I mean, I do it too, but he just does it in different context. And so, I mean, why why do you think people self-sabotage? That's a good question. That's Consciously good... or subconsciously? I think, um, so in, in, my, in my world, I see a lot of athletes self-sabotage. Um, Sometimes it's it's an act of rebellion of oh you know I again and that could be an ownership thing right mm-hmm. that's a power move of you know I want to feel in control of my own actions. Right. Uh, sometimes it's 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 an education thing of you know uh, and you could extrapolate this to uh, you know physical and mental domains, but nothing exists in a vacuum. Nothing, everything is contextual and ties together, you right, know, right. just like, you know, uh, when we're talking about psychology and it's yes. the physical impact on that, you know, in 
getting outside, getting endorphins, vitamin right. D, right, right? right? And then at physical athletes being in a good mental space, yes. you know, and not having, you know, there's tons of mental problems, in, especially in the individual sport world. Um, wow. So the education thing, I think it's a, it's a power thing. Um, I think sometimes people are, you know, are, they like having a built-in excuse for failure. I think there's a fear of failure thing too. And so having, fear of failure is huge, you totally. know, especially in sports. So having um, built-in rationale. Yes. Um, wow, wow. So in, in our world, uh, in powerlifting, uh, self-sabotage would look like we have this contextual plan, right? Here's a number we're supposed to hit on a day that's supposed to build us to the next stepping stone, which then builds us to this number that we're hoping to hit on the platform. Mm-hmm. Self-sabotage would look like hey, I went off the plan today and I hit this big number I wanted to test to see what I could do. And I think that's an insecurity thing. Right, right. That's an insecurity that I am insecure in the plan. I I am doubting my own abilities. I'm not having faith in myself, the plan, coach, whatever. So I think insecurity plays a big role there. Um, And I guess to to give that a, a... you know, a parallel example, you know, endurance, like an endurance sport, the equivalent there would be you have a big race on Saturday, um, you typically run three times a week, you know, you have a lighter one just to active recovery and you're nervous, so you test to see how fast you could run a mile, you're ecstatic, you hit a new personal record, but then you're major fatigued, you yeah, know, you got yeah. centralized That's fatigue, peripheral right. fatigue, yeah. and you go into the this competition, which... You know, by evidence of your first run, you were probably in tremendous shape to do, right. but your insecurity led you to go off the plan to test, and now you're fatigued going into it, and there's not a chance in hell you're going to hit a personal best. Wow, wow. You know, so if, if you're not familiar with, with the powerlifting sort of, you know... Mindset. Mindset, yeah, and how those numbers would build up each other. Gas in the tank. Gas, yeah, yeah. So, uh, Which took me a long time to figure that one out. Sometimes it's not intuitive, and that's the, that, there's an education thing there. It's so like, well, how is me lifting heavy going to compromise me lifting heavy? Right. Again, it's it's contextual. Right, you know? right. And we had this discussion about uh, programs and planning and and tools in the tool belt, and there's you know this this plan is not right, right. or wrong. It's my interpretation of what's most appropriate or right. less appropriate. You know, and it reads like a novel, you know, a, a strand of words by itself is not correct or incorrect, right. but going off the plan is like opening up Microsoft Word, clicking your cursor midway through the document, and then just typing any random word that comes right. to mind. Right. Those words are not wrong. There's right. no wrong right. in novels, right? right? It's just the story now makes no sense. Right, right. Right? So that's, you know. I had to, I had to run out in the field and figure it out right, one, right. <laughs> and I, I love that I love the the idea of letting athletes uh, figure things out and self-organize yeah you know and I have personal training clients sometimes and a lot of people want to make up for lost time but you can't I mean that's not how it works you don't get to make up really for lost time that's so true you know so they want oh they want every uh, instruction and everything that could possibly it's, it's not how it works right. get, these things take time now, I could give you every cue in the book and you are not going to master squatting in the next week even if I did give you every cue right. you have to learn this the long way right, you right. Know, it takes right. the reps and the hours um, but letting athletes self organize yeah, no and uh, and letting them make some mistakes knowing where it's probably going to likely lead right. uh, but them knowing what that feels like and then having you know this 
this mm-hmm. this built-in narrative for themselves to go off of too. Wow. You know, and and this goes back to, you know, I'm I'm getting this in the in the coffee business right now, and you're getting this in in um, powerlifting, but um, having other domains in which you can extrapolate knowledge and information and experiences from. Right. Right. You know. Yes great book by David Epstein right now called Range on Generalization or Specialization and it makes a, a wonderful case for generalization wow, wow. which is something that you know myself as a football coach we've been you know spouting off for 10-15 years yeah. you know, about uh, not specializing in sports and, and generalizing and being a jack of all trades and specializing yeah, yeah. late in the game yeah, you yeah. know um, and you can even extrapolate those lessons to academics and, yeah. and professional development, you know, but having this broad range of skills and now being able to learn, take things that you learned from powerlifting for myself, being green in an industry has been a wonderful opportunity for me. Yeah. You know, to oh yeah, these are questions that newbies have that I am seven steps removed from that I am not anticipating right. as a good coach should anticipate these questions right. Right, and have answers readily mm-hmm. available. You know, and this is why you don't see Michael Jordan coaching basketball because that knowledge is so tertiary, you know, that they can't, they can't connect, they can't access that. Right, right. So. So, okay. So, uh, we'll wrap up here pretty soon. So, personally, let's make it personal. Sure. So, how do you personally stay disciplined? I like this question a lot because it's, it's my, my sort of paradigm of, of discipline Discipline in particular, but you could probably extrapolate this to the qualities of it being um, a trainable quality. And again, this is this is my upbringing, seeing you know uh, linear, tangible results of okay, I, I ran more, I did more push-ups, I feel stronger, my athletic performance is right. better, my coach is giving me more playing time. Discipline, um, I I just think it's a very trainable yes. quality. You know, like I said, I've I've danced around in between. ENFJ and INFJ, right. I find my, uh, and I like to socialize. It's, yeah. it's my battery that's limited in capacity. Right. <laughs> and I work so much now, I think it's well-trained. But again, I believe it to be trainable. You right, know? right, right. Um, and, and if I shut in and become a recluse, then I will atrophy those muscles, you know, those right. social yes, muscles. totally, totally. You know, and same with, with discipline. Uh, it's hard at first, but after two years of just showing up to the gym, like I come in, you know, and it's not, it's not super common. Most of the time you're excited to be at the gym, but like any athlete, 10% of the time you're like, I'm getting to work in today. You know, it's a day I'm just getting it done. (laughs) Right. 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 You know, and that's just like, it ain't no thing now for you. It's it's a muscle that you flex. That discipline muscle gets stronger and stronger and stronger. So putting yourself in position to train these things without, Again, extrapolating life lessons over training. Right. Right? Because I yes. think too, way too many people, and you've, you've been in the gym for a long time. I mean, yeah. You've been powerlifting for a couple years, but you've been in the gym a long time. So you've been around long enough to see New Year's resolutioners come in the gym and try to make up for lost time <laughs> and just try so to train hardcore. every day for a month yeah. and then the wheels fall off. Yeah. You know? And that's just, uh, it's, it's just a bad strategy. Yeah. Right? And it's, um, People don't factor in when they're making their plans and they're spinning their webs. They don't factor in um, the variable of discipline right, and consistency right. and um, and sustainability. There we go. Right. So they that don't factor is, that in. So that is so important 
being able to sustain right. whatever you're doing. I mean, I know we're talking right. about consistency, well, and, and but it's, the long term. It's not at odds with discipline either, right? No, I think, no. So, mm-hmm. one, discipline is trainable and it's finite. Yeah. Right? You can use up all your discipline in a short amount of time, which is what happens with right, these people right. that try to overdo yes. it. You know, yes. I see people do it in, in their businesses. Yeah. You know, I see people do it in their personal lives with uh, new significant others. I see people do it in sports. Yep. I see people do it in school. Yep. You know, it's it's everywhere, but it's finite and it's trainable. So setting up systems and plans um, to maximize sustainability is a really good idea. Yes. And it blows my mind that people don't do this because I ask people, I'll get new clients and one of my first questions is like, okay, what has prevented you from sustaining this in the past? Well, I didn't do this, 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 or that. Okay, how is that thing now? Well, I'm still working a lot of that problems. So what's your plan? Well, I'm just going to work harder. Nope, that's not going to work. All right. Sustain- <laughs> you've never, you've tried this nope. 10 times <laughs> and sustainability has always been the thing. You have not, by definition, sustained it, correct? Right, right. So we could say sustainability is an issue. Right, right. Right? Yes. And that is unchanged. So maybe we should make a plan with sustainability in mind. Right. So setting up the plan so that, okay, you only have to call on that discipline every now and then. Right. Rather than every day, you right, know. Right. So when people say, "I'm just gonna wake up and grind. I'm gonna beat the sun. I'm gonna be out," you know, just twenty four seven, three sixty five. Team no days off. I'm getting off. Team no days. I'm off. getting yeah, up yeah. at five, and it's like, okay, so you're gonna train your discipline muscle every day of the week. Like you're maxing. It's like doing bench press, right? You're gonna right. max out my discipline literally right. every day. Right. No, it's not a good idea. Right. <laughs> you know, it's a finite resource. So setting these things up so that they're sustainable, and you call on discipline when you need to, right. but not leaning right. on it, right? Um, and that's not. It's going to come into play because life happens, right? You know, it's like totally things Being come flexible up. Flexible with that, right? Um, so I think it ties into sustainability a lot. It just that one always makes me chuckle but it's yeah. you know it's really really important yeah but setting yourself up in a position if you try to do anything you take on a new endeavor you set a goal whether you set it up to be sustainable or not the discipline's going to get trained right, you know? right if you set it up if you set it up in order to maximize sustainability you're going to exercise discipline in the process and Absolutely. you might be successful right if you set it up with sustainability not in mind at all and just lean on discipline, right. discipline's going to get trained, but you're going to overtrain that discipline muscle. Right, and right. much like we see in overtrained athletes, uh, then they, you know, they get to a point of literally being sick, you know, yeah. possibly having injury, and then their discipline being on the fritz for the next nine months until they try this again, January wow. one of next year. Wow. You know. Wow. Thinking about so so many different things, and I think you know. It's funny because I came from the bodybuilding world, mm-hmm. um, and uh, it's interesting because powerlifting forces you. I think I would say yeah. the same for bodybuilding, but in a way, powerlifting really forced me right. to be sustainable because I really saw how right. things were just impossible yes. if I wrecked my body right. for like five days in a row and then tried to do these things with powerlifting. Right, right. And it's like, this is literally mm-hmm. impossible. So it's almost like, and that's kind of like how it was in my life. Yeah. You know, and so all of a sudden, you know, my physiology is mirroring my psychology. Right. And I was like, oh, oh shit. Huge. Okay, cool. So this is really isn't gonna fucking work anymore. Yeah. (laughs) 
So all these all yeah. these internal systems I've built right. won't work, which is great right. because it requires a shift in thinking. Mm-hmm. It were, it were, and then in the end, it's like, wow, I was working so hard for literally nothing. Right, right, to be counterproductive. And this is so much easier. Right. You know, if I just follow... Aaron, so Aaron many... writes very strategic plans for all his athletes. He cues them in these little nice spreadsheets. Mm-hmm. Every day is planned out for you. Mm-hmm. And I'll leave his link below. But it's really nice when you just, you know, oh... I just have to do this, this, and this today. Right. Small steps. Yeah. Not these fucking crazy steps I was doing. Mm -hmm. And the holistic psychologist, she talks about this. When you're learning boundaries with yourself, when you're Mm -hmm. learning not to betray your own goals, it's small steps over time. It's not these gigantic leaps. Right. We talk about that with like goal setting too. Right, right. right. Exactly. You know, uh, People get in the cycle of setting lofty, unrealistic goals and then failing to meet those. Right. And then, you know, having negative connotations of goal setting or whatever pursuit they were in in particular. Right. Um, and then, you know, not training discipline at all until that meter's fully blown up again. And then right. cyclically going through this again. But setting these small, sustainable goals, setting yourself up to succeed. Right. You exactly. know, why are you rolling the dice, you know, with a 50% chance of failure? You right. Know, that's a, right. That's a weird way to <laughs> set goals. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Cool. Okay. Well, thank you so much for being on again. You're always welcome back, of course. I had a blast. Uh, yeah. Repeat. That was fun. Yeah, yeah. It was really, really, really fun. I enjoyed getting into uh, the psychology of discipline. Mm-hmm. So I'll leave Aaron's information below for Red Captain Coffee and also his training. Um, and anything else you want to say? No. Thanks okay. for having me on. It was yeah. a blast. Yeah. Thanks for being on here. So, uh... See you guys, and I'll see you next time. Remember why you came here.